I'm the kingpin when it comes to flowers. You better ask someone if you don't know. When you see me, girl, say, what up, though? Did you catch that? You just heard Detroit's most iconic greeting as heard in the movie Eight Mile. Here, listen again. You better ask someone if you don't know. When you see me, girl, say, what up, though? Lots of Detroiters say, what up, though? usually spelled D-O-E. Never heard that phrase? Well, now you know, because you have a friend in Detroit. Hello and welcome to You Have a Friend in Detroit. I'm your host and your friend, Jason Carr. Today we're talking about slang, specifically regional language and why we say what we say and why so much a part of who we are is what we say and where we're from. What up, though? To me, I think the dope part is a more of a um, a hyper like part. Depending on what you know, like if you loud and we're like, "What up, though?" You know, you throw your hands up. What up, though? You know, well, you just greet somebody like, "What up, though, my man?" You know, it is what it is. Thirty-nine-year-old Romalis is waiting for a chair at Classic Effects Barbershop on Six Mile. That's the street also known as McNichols inside the city. Holding the Clippers is Tom Whitaker, the owner of Classic Effects. He's 51 years old and calls himself old school. He's been hearing and using the phrase, what up doe, since at least the early 80s. I think it came from this culture, but I don't know how it came. I don't know how it began, but I just picked up on it. I, I wouldn't say that was a Detroit thing, that I would probably just say it was just my culture that we would say it like that. You know, so I wouldn't say um, what I've done to a Caucasian. I would say it to most of my peers. Um, probably, I think that it seemed like they would take it on the defensive end. Like if I was challenging or protecting, you know, and it just seems like, I mean, if I know them real good, yes, I probably would say it to maybe 2% of the ones I know, but not much because I, I don't think they would, if I say what up though, it seems like they would say, huh? You know, so that's why I don't do it. You probably, if you get um, Caucasian in, in, in the middle of a neighborhood with um, African-Americans, then they probably would say it. So when, you, when you're saying it, it's just, you know, um, some, I mean, I, um, like a guy told me, I, he knows four different languages. He knows white, black. <laughs> hood and a little Japanese. It's just like this little kid right here coming in. He was like, what's up old school? You know, that's just, <laughs> you know, so, um, what up though? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, yes, this, this is an interesting one. I actually polled my colleagues in the American Dialect Society listserv about this and nobody bit, uh, which I take to mean that it really is actually a, originally a Detroit-centric term. Professor Jeffrey Nathan teaches linguistics at Wayne State University, which is in Midtown Detroit. I did some research on the web. There's a, a, a website called um, allhiphop.com, which has a whole page on it. And their theory is it originated in real gangster culture in the 70s and 80s uh, among supposedly dr drug dealers who supposedly said to each other, what up doe, meaning money. D-O-U-G-H, and um, then uh, it just came to be a kind of greeting, supposedly among gangsters. I'm always a little suspicious of this kind of speculative origin, but 
because this seems was, plausible. It seems plausible, and because this is originally a of oral expression, it's it's hard to find its origins until somebody writes it down. And of course, since it's slang, doesn't get written down for a while until it's slightly less slangy feeling. I grew up on the east side of Detroit. Kari Kamani Turner is an author, poet, musician, journalist, and executive director of the Coleman A. Young Foundation in Detroit. I started saying it, you know, as as a greeting when I was a, a young boy, probably in, in my teens. In in my neighborhood, that was the way we greeted each other. I walk into my best friend's home. How you doing, Andorras? Hey, Uncle Walt. What up, though, Rick? <laughs> you know, that was it. I was introduced to the term what up, though, socially, um, just by recognizing that other friends and peers were using it. And then when, when I became a man, um, I, I was able to kind of leverage my own intelligence and, and recognize that, no, this thing had its root in, in, in the deep recesses of, of the neighborhoods and through the social and economic activity of those neighborhoods and the economic activity at, at that point was was in the street. So whether it was, you know, alcohol, drugs, numbers, you know, you know, bars or small business, you know, which were still the anchors of the communities, um, we learned to socially greet each other in that context. What up, though? But what up, though? A Detroiter will go anywhere in the country. And hear someone saying that, and you're either from Detroit or that's mine. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where'd you learn that? You're from Detroit or you've got people there. You've got a connection to Detroit somewhere. Because what up, though, is us. The first person not from Detroit, not from the Detroit area that I heard use the term what up, though, was Queen Latifah. And Queen Latifah was known to hang out in some of the rougher Detroit neighborhoods at one point when she came to the city. She had, you know, she's a motorcyclist. She she hung with riders here. Um, so she had a tie to that word that was all Detroit all the time. You know, so it felt good hearing her use it because she did the walk. She took the walk through Detroit neighborhoods. She communed with those with people from the city, from the hoods. Um, so in a way, she earned her. She earned her pass to, to use that word without question. Who can or should use certain language, especially slang? Just that question conjures up more complicated questions about race, geography, socioeconomic level, history, education, questions of identity, the very core of who we are and where we come from. We'll talk more about that later. I'm Ann Curzan, a professor of English and linguistics at the University of Michigan. You have the, the question of slang. Slang is slippery. Clearly it is informal, but not all informal language is slang. It is playful. It also tends to be irreverent or maybe slightly rebellious. It's pushing the boundaries. It's pushing on authority. That's what slang does. This is part of the reason why slang is often associated with youth, that part of being young is pushing on authority. That's what you're supposed to do. Young people also are incredibly creative with language, and slang is language at its most creative. New words that enter the language start either because somebody is being clever and other people like the cleverness, 
or it starts in a particular subcommunity, a subgroup, and it could be, uh, you know, some particular ethnic subculture, or it could be a um, a trade subculture. If you can use those words, you sound like you belong, and you can kind of show off by knowing the terms. Professor Nathan is a native of Canada. There's a number of Michigan uh, expressions that I had to learn when I came here. Um, some of them are sort of technical ones, like door wall for a sliding glass door. That's not used outside of Michigan. I made a, I found a couple of other ones. Uh, Coney. In Detroit, a Coney is a hot dog with chili sauce. Of course. Um, Youper. I mean, that's sort of cute and everybody knows it's cute, but it's real and people actually use it. Say ya to the UP, eh? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. A Youper is someone who lives in Michigan's Upper Peninsula, otherwise known as the UP, therefore Youper. Hilo, that's another one. Uh, as opposed to a forklift. As opposed to a forklift, yep. Professor Curzan added to the list. In Michigan, we go to the party store what other people would call perhaps a convenience store. In Michigan, you can go to the party store. And of course, the biggie. The one word you probably already know we use differently from most of you. What is the sweet carbonated drink that comes in bottles and cans? Here, there is no question, it is pop. We never say soda or Coke or soft drink. It just sounds wrong even though we know that huge parts of the rest of the country say those things. In fact, it sounds so wrong to us that when one of the characters on a network TV crime drama set in Detroit said soda, well, there was hell to pay. I think there's a certain amount of uh, pride in having a few local words that mark you as a member of the community. And I think things like soda, I remember when uh, Detroit 187 uh, was on a few years ago and uh, whoever the writers were goofed and had one of them talk about soda and the the firestorm in the news letters to the editor and just you know in the hallways about don't they know anything about Detroit why didn't they do their research uh, some of these things are a badge of honor. That soda sin was committed by actor Mo McRae, now better known for his roles on Sons of Anarchy and Empire. Listen to him in this video posted on YouTube. He's looking right into the camera, very contrite. I was the first person on Detroit 187 to say soda. And I apologize to the Motor City. The last episode I requested to say pop in the episode to right my wrong. I am all about authenticity. I apologize to Detroit. Professor Curzan is a transplant to Michigan from Maryland, where they say soft drink. Because I did not grow up in the Midwest, feel silly when I say pop. It's actually very hard for me to say that with a straight face and to say, can I have a pop? I try it and I just, I can't, I can't say it without laughing. <laughs> Remember Romulus from the barbershop? We asked him about the word soda. Soda's country. Soda's country. Soda's country. That's from Alabama or something down in ways. What do you say? Pop. Everyone has their own perceptions of the language they use and don't use. The way you talk is, to some extent, a badge of who you are. Uh, it's less conscious than which tie you chose to put on that morning. Um, but it still reflects where you were born, well, not where you were born, but where you grew up, uh, particularly who you went to school with, particularly grade school and junior high, because that seems to be when people, at least in North American English-speaking culture, acquire their native dialect, is not from their parents, but from their, their peers in their grade school and junior high school. Let's go back to what up, Doe? 
the phrase that inspired this entire conversation. Ubiquitous in many Detroit neighborhoods with imprecise origins, but nearly certainly rooted in the African-American community. Here's the thing, What Up Doe is the name of a local pizzeria, Doe, D-O-U-G-H, Pizza Doe, you get it. It's a carryout joint in Shelby Township, a suburb about a half hour north of Detroit and around 90% white. What up, Doe Pizza? Pick up a delivery. Mike Hammy owns What Up Doe. What Up Doe has been a phrase that's been used by me and my family for quite a long time now. I actually am originally from California, but every time my cousins would come visit us from uh, Michigan, they would always say what up though and it's just kind of stuck with us mike is not african-american and neither is the majority of his clientele but they know what up though i get this all the time as soon as they come in and we say what up though i either get like a, a big smile across their face or they just start laughing they they love it we get calls throughout the day sometimes not to order they just want to hear us say what up though it's like we answer the phone and then they just start chuckling on the other end. They're like, you know what? We're going to order, but we're going to order tomorrow. We just called to just make sure you guys say what up, though. It's partly that pride and local ownership of certain words, possibly with a sprinkling of cultural assimilation, consciously or unconsciously, sounding cool by association. Are they connected to the history? Probably not, because they probably haven't hung out on Mac and Bewick. And in their minds, that's not necessary. Once we put it out there in the universe... It's a gift, you know, now, it, you know, and, and I get it. Some people don't like when they see or hear their language appropriated. I feel uncomfortable sometimes because, quite frankly, you see folks use it out of context or you see a slang term, make it to a commercial 10 years after we've stopped using it and moved on, you know, and now it just feels like someone is patronizing a community. Um, that's a valid that's a valid feeling in the African-American community. One of our running jokes is that the world would be such a boring place without us, because it often seems like mainstream society uses black folks as the go to for flavor. You know, this is what's cool. This is what's hot. Look at what they're doing. Um, but then there's the second part of that. We do it naturally. And then the world sometimes seems to profit off of it. And we are not included in the profit center. Uh, coming from a city like Detroit, language, uh, especially in its urban context, makes you bilingual to an extent. Um, there's the language of the professional realm, and then there's the, the, the idiom of the neighborhoods. That's what language does. It gives me a way to connect with you beyond the color of your skin. And this is the good part. So far, we've been talking about the actual words, but there's another way Michiganders sound unique. And no, it's not by calling ourselves Michiganders, which we do. It's the actual way we talk or speak. You would probably call it our accent. Professor Jeffrey Nathan explains. There is a distinctive dialect of American English that's spoken not only in Michigan, but in what linguists call uh, northern cities or Great Lakes. So all of the American cities surrounding the Great Lakes, um, from Chicago through Detroit, Toledo, Buffalo, Cleveland, all have the same sound characteristics. Is it the upper Midwest nasal whine or something like well, that? Well, that's what people call it, or that's what they hear it as. And particularly the A vowel, as in bad or can or can't, uh, is pronounced. I'm not a native speaker, so I don't do this quite right, but something like can't. Right. 
or even my favorite example is the name Ann, A-N-N, or with or without an E, can come to be homophonous with, can come to sound exactly the same as the male name Ian, Ian, Ian. Uh, and this is a characteristic of what's called northern cities. It's been extensively studied by linguists. What's really interesting is that it's spreading essentially down I-55 because you're starting to find it in St. Louis, which is otherwise generally a southern city. Let me give you some examples. If you go to the grocery store and someone says, do you want a bag? That is the northern city's vowel shift. I because I'm not from this area, would say bag, but a has moved to e for some speakers, so you get a bag instead of a bag. If you're taking a walk along the street, let's say you're making a, a square, you could say I'm walking around the block. I would say block versus black. It's subtle, but it's there. That's the Northern City's vowel shift. Can I do it? I can't, because I can't get the, the vowel and end and ampersand exactly right, although it's Is that what close. I sound like? Uh, no. First of all, you have, you've taken some sandpaper to your speech and smoothed it out. You no longer have a pure Michigan accent, and that's not surprising. You probably went to broadcast school. The professor's right. I did go to school for broadcasting. I just didn't realize it was robbing me of my authentic Midwestern accent. Oh, well, I'm still your friend in Detroit, right? Before we leave you today, this episode got us talking about slang in general, not just from Detroit. We asked linguists what's new in our language and learned some tidbits we thought you'd enjoy too. So here's Professor Ann Curzan. I, at the moment, am obsessed with the double is. When people say things like, the point is, is that. The question is, is that. I am fascinated by this because there are too many people doing it to say it's just a mistake. Something is happening in our grammar to allow us to say is, is. I'm also very interested in the formation of a new verb, which is verse, as in our team is versing their team. This is happening with younger speakers, somewhere around 12, 13 year olds and down. It is a back formation from the word versus, V-E-R-S-U-S. And you can imagine how this happened. If you think about it's the Tigers versus the Orioles. It's Federer versus Nadal. And you hear on television, tonight, Federer versus Nadal. And you're a kid, that sure sounds like Federer plays Nadal. Well, if Federer versus Nadal, then one can clearly verse, which means play against. Once you have that, you can have my team is versing your team. It's a great new verb, seems to be happening. And we happen to ask about the origin of another word people are saying a lot these days, myself included, meh. So here's a nugget on that. Meh seems to have come perhaps originally from The Simpsons. We said meh, M-E-H, meh. Popularized by Bart, seems plausible. You never know what you'll learn on You Have a Friend in Detroit. Thanks for stopping by the Motor City. I'm Jason Carr.